Well, welcome back to another episode of Tales from the Service Industry. Uh, I'm your host. I'm Bill. I'm joined tonight with Miss B. She's back with us again. Hello. And as a special guest, we have Nurse Jay joining us. Hey. So we will have stories from the hotel industry again, as always. But <laughs> Nurse Jay is in the medical field and is here to share a few little stories with us. So welcome. Thank you. As we do with all new guests, we typically will ask them to do a little introduction. If you could give us a little insight as to how you got to where you are and kind of your career path to date, we'd appreciate it. I was in the Navy and I, um, the reason I bring that up is actually because while I was in, I was doing a ride along with a EMT and there was a car crash where one of the people got eviscerated by their seatbelt. So it was just like they had a straight cut straight across their abdomen. Their guts were out and it was amazing. It was so cool. And uh, as opposed to getting sick or scared, I was super excited and I'm like, okay, this is what I want to do. I don't want to work with electronics. I want to deal with this. I want to be a people mechanic. That that's, Love it. That sounds amazing. <laughs> so I've done nursing mostly in the psych industry for the last 10 to 12 years. Wow. I've worked in psych hospitals, county programs, outpatient programs, prisons, detox, anything that you can think of, I pretty much done in the psych part. Oh, that sounds amazing. Okay, so you mentioned um, hospitals, prisons, like a, a variety of different places. What, Where were you that you found the most fulfillment? The most fulfilling part, I would say, is in my current position because I'm good at my job and I find that the people that I work for are thankful for the most part. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Getting the injections and medications and help with general from me the funniest stuff comes from the prison it's not from my regular stuff but you feel like you get a lot out of it from where you're currently at oh yeah it is a lot of fun i i give shots all day so (laughs) you get to stab people yeah and you get paid for it (laughs) and i'm good at it so I was like, oh, so 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 when you miss the vein, it's on purpose. You know what? <laughs> Intervenous stuff is not really my forte. It's more <laughs> intermuscular, and so basically, when I jab somebody, they're not supposed to feel it. Right. Unless, Unless you want them to. Yeah. They're an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wait, can you tell us about a time that maybe they kind of deserved it? I can tell you about a hypothetical yeah. situation <laughs> where a client that came into my office and told me that my nine-year-old daughter was hot oh then received a injection all the way to the bone <laughs> hypothetically hypothetically (laughs) i would never do that do no harm and all that but you know (laughs) if i was 
a petty person, I might have done that. Hmm. Well, I could see how sometimes, you know, the length of the needle and, mm -hmm. you know, the you depth just, of the muscle band may be mis misjudged. Maybe there was some wind um, action, you know? <laughs> it was it was dark. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, oh God. God. Jinx. In stereo. <laughs> <laughs> That's like street justice. Mm. <laughs> well, you know, and I... But the, the bad thing about that is sometimes they like it. Oh, God. Because that same guy uh, ended up from then on only wanting me to give him his injections. Uh. <laughs> and he would drop his pants before getting into the medical office. And he would moan whenever oh, I gave God. him his shot, whether I did it hard or not. <laughs> And yes. <laughs> wow. Yikes. Yeah. Super uncomfortable. I thought uh, our he's job gone sucks now. sometimes. <laughs> I, I hate to say it, but it's even kind of uncomfortable to just listen to the story. 100%. <laughs> oh, mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. I, um, <laughs> I like the patients that enjoy their injections because they make them coherent. Not because they make them get off. Mm. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I, I, I can I can empathize. What's the place you've liked working at the least? Uh, that would be Richard J. Donovan Prison, and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> they are horrible, horrible, horrible individuals. Anyway, um, it's a prison. So <laughs> no, it wasn't the prisoners that were bad. I mean the. The prisoners, you have, as a nurse, most of the people in there want whatever you're going to give them. They mm -hmm. want to sleep. They want to have their stomach issues taken care of. They want Ativan to calm them down. They mm -hmm. want their Haldol to calm them down. I don't think I ever had a problem with any of the inmates. It was always the CPs. The, they were just the officers. Mm -hmm. you, they had a twisted view of the world. Like, these people deserve what they're getting, and I'm going to give it to them. Like and, animal, animals and zookeepers, exactly, in a sense. Exactly, but less nice. Right. And so, I mean, I mean, I did have a couple of fun things that happened while I was in the prison. So there was a subsection in Block C that was where the transsexuals were. Okay. And I have absolutely no problem with the so were, transsexual were, people. Were they like, were they segregated I feel like it was a safety issue. Okay. But when I got there, I would do med pass and the people while I was walking by with my med cart would uh, cat call. <laughs> they would cat call me because uh, apparently my sweet ass was beautiful. Did, did, did they not get the uh, workplace sexual harassment memo or anything? You know, I don't think they got that men memo. The... Um, <laughs> Ladies would just call out, hey, Mr. Johnson. <laughs> hey. And I would just get uh, over and over and over again. It, you know what? I don't swing to that side of the fences, but it's nice to be noticed. <laughs> <laughs> the Flattery comes in all shapes and it, sizes it and really forms. It really does. Right? <laughs> 
most of my patients are fun people because they're all batshit crazy. And I <laughs> love the fact that I'm not scared of them. I have a lady at my current position. She comes to the office every single day. She bangs on the door to get her cigarettes and her coffee. Decaf. Don't give her real coffee. <laughs> um, and she screams at the top of her lungs until she gets her oral in Vega. Now, me, she calls me nurse pregnant man. Oh, <laughs> I mean, Why? well, right. there's got to be a backstory. For I mean, Ad, when my wife was pregnant, she had a belly and apparently I decided that I wanted to eat until I had that belly too. Okay. So, I mean, I was 250 and it was all up front. It looked like I was having twins. Oh my So <laughs> that stayed in her head even when I lost the weight. She just, hello, nurse pregnant man. It's oh like, God. hey, how are you? <laughs> You're a washer and dryer. Like, what? No, you're a cat. Why are you such a pussy? <laughs> it's like, Wait, she says these things? At, at the top of her lungs. This oh. is me being nice. Right. She, she, she's very, very, like, out there. I, I'm used to all these people just being out there. It's not when when there are crazy things happening and and I hear stories about your crazy people and I use the air quotes because you think they're crazy. Uh the the hobos and the the transients those are my patients mm -hmm. that I deal with daily and You're the like, ones on that day. you deal with <laughs> sound like they're on meds. And they're, they're doing, doing pretty well. <laughs> I think for the most part, the ones that Miss B and I have to deal with, they don't have so much a medical condition. They're just a-holes. Well, yeah. that and you meth know. and coke. And I think for those that are homeless and, and whatnot, then yes, absolutely. There's substance abuse issues. But I mean, truthfully, I think for the most part, what we tend to deal with the most is just entitlement and that sense that I can do what I want. Oh, yeah. When I want. Where I want. How I want. And you're going to give me exactly what I want. And, and if I'm you not going to pay for it. Yeah. And if you don't, <laughs> then I'm going to complain to X, Y, or Z department, and you're going to give me what I want anyway. Mr. Marriott Hilton Hyatt, I know them. They're my best friend. Yes. <laughs> I've actually had uh, one of our patients call. Um, I'm not allowed to say the name, but the president of the company. And it was oh. amazing uh, because he literally called her. And I have no idea how he found this phone number because I don't have this phone number. <laughs> he found the phone number. He called her. He emailed her. And like the manifesto that you guys were talking about, he yeah. just had a plethora of issues that he needed to talk about. Oh, my God. It was amazing. What were some of the things he needed to talk about? Well, the the fact that we were poisoning him, for one. Oh, of course. Like, every time I get my injection, they put in extra products. I see them using the alcohol swabs, and those 
don't go into my body. Now, I don't understand how you can think that the the swabs actually go into your body because you wipe. You don't stick with okay. a swab. But I'm poisoning him. Uh, extra meds. He was upset with the taxi driver, which is our front desk person. Oh, not an actual taxi driver. Like a mm. medical shuttle? Yeah. Sort yeah. Of thing? Okay. yeah, I call him the taxi driver. Tons. You know, one of the reasons that I was excited to have you come on the show with us is in the last couple episodes, we kind of got away from talking about some of the, the crazy and weird things that happen and more into answering a few questions and, you know, kind of scenarios and, and whatnot. You know, the market that I'm in now and the market that I've spent a good chunk of my career in is a resort destination market. High density of hotels. There's, you know, 100 and 135 hotels mm-hmm. in about a four square mile area, five square mile area. So the density is high. The number of homeless, unhoused, however you want to refer to it, is very high. And, you know, for about 10 years of my career, it's been dealing with scenarios and situations that, I mean, quite honestly, as, as hoteliers, we're trained on how to answer the phone the right way. We're, we're trained on service recovery. We're trained on apologies and, and all of those things. But what we're not trained on is kind of how to deal with people that legitimately have emotional, mental, psychological disorders and how to best handle those. And I mean, I, for one, I don't handle it well. Me <laughs> neither. So, you know, over the last uh, six or seven episodes, we've, you know, shared some kind of insight on, you know, hey, try this instead of that. Try this instead of that. You know, different approaches on things. And I was hoping that you might have some insight that you might be able to share with us on kind of the best way to deal with folks that are having issues like that. Like take meta, you said you heard the manifesto and everything and like how I handled that situation, what I dealt with her. If she, if you had been on call with our hotel, like how would you, what, how would you handle someone like that? Well, I would approach it by taking care of the issues that you can take care of and say, okay, so we can do this, we can do this, we can do this. And I would gloss over the others because you... Do you mean gloss over like their delusions? Yes, because feeding into it is not going to help. Making fun of them is not going to help. Pushing them off to somebody else usually doesn't help because they think a lot of these people have the paranoia and, oh my God, there's a conspiracy against me. If you can help them with one or two of their list of things that are wrong, it's possible that they will be okay. Mm-hmm. If they're Maybe not, like earn some of their trust or something. Yeah. I mean, if they're not, it's, it's more of if they are causing troubles, you're just getting rid of them, Mm -hmm. Uh, calling the CAT team. For those of us who don't know what a CAT team is. The emergency response uh, psych team. And uh, they also have like EMTs, but for psych issues now. Um, And if you call OCPD, they should be able to hey, we have a mental health issue and somebody with that sort of experience will come out to help. I don't know about any other counties, but that Quick would question. Hmm. Um, and I don't know if either of you know about this. Have you heard about this whole 988 thing? Yeah, it's new. Yeah. Is that 
is that something that you only call when you're in a mental health crisis or if like we're dealing with someone who we think's in a mental health crisis, will we call that or do you call PD? I think it's actually both. Oh, great question. I don't know the answer to it. I, I literally just saw an article on it a few days ago. So I, I wouldn't know enough about it to talk towards it. Yeah. Um, but I think it's definitely something we should we should research a little bit. Okay. Mm. Yeah, um, I I don't know what you guys could do. Just staying cool, just being calm helps the situation because you're not feeding into that delusion. You're mm-hmm. not feeding into the energy of the situation. If I go out and I talk to somebody that's screaming at a trash can, me getting upset with them for screaming is just going to make the situation work. So I, I just go out there and, hey, what's going on? And that's the way I try to approach it. You know, with Miss B and I, we work in very different markets. Mm. So a lot of those challenging guests that might have issues on spectrums for you at your hotel are more likely guests. For yes. me... They are definitively not guests. You know, just a couple of weeks ago, the hotel that I'm at, we had a guy that was homeless that was in the parking lot. I approached him, kind of gave him the the speech about, you know, this is private property. You need to move along. Uh, Fairly polite. But then as soon as I turned my back, he punched his fist through a window of a car and tried to steal everything out of a uh, out of a Tesla. In front of you? No, it wasn't in front of me, but it was in front of the Tesla owner. Because oh. the, the wow. guy was checking in and the, where the car was parked in the registration stalls, the guy happened to be checking in, heard the crash, heard the, the car go off, looked out the window and this guy's got his arm up to his elbow through broken glass, bleeding all over the place, throwing stuff out of the car, all in a matter of a couple of minutes from when I saw him, approached him, asked him to leave, checked a couple of rooms, came back and walked into a felony stop with two cops, guns drawn and just everything going down. So did you walk him off the property? Yeah, I did. Okay. And you just came Uh, right back. We were literally right at the edge of the property as it was security. So the hotel that I'm at doesn't have security directly. Okay. They have security for kind of the complex. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so the hotel sits in, I, I say complex because there's a couple of office buildings, a parking garage, and then um, a couple of restaurants and a little mini strip mall kind of a thing. So they, they've got a security guard. Truthfully, the security guard they have is literally someone that could just call 911. Yeah. Uh, stop or I'll say stop again. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, no fault to them, but, you know, everything went, from completely calm and a situation that was not a quote unquote situation to going south real fast. I mean, my interaction with him was, I thought, pretty nice. I mean, I, I walked up to him. I said, hey, how you doing? Can I help you with anything? The guy looked at me and said, yeah, I know I'm just trying to catch the breeze. It's hot. My response was, yeah, I, I agree. It's hot. I said, but you know, you're on private property. I need you to catch the breeze right there on the corner. And that corner was... 20 feet away or less. And that's the direction the guy started walking. Now I'm not going to hover over them because I know that if, like you were saying earlier, people with, um, you know, psychological and mental challenges, if they feel threatened or conspired against that, that could send them over the edge real quick. So I don't want to do that to people. Mm -hmm. So I try to respect it. I made sure he was walking that way. I gave him a space. I walked away. Unfortunately, a few minutes later, it went south That space was to get into a Tesla. Yeah. (laughs) Fist first. Yeah. You know, it's super hard to actually 
predict what these people are going to do because it's like they don't even know what they're going to do. So like I was saying, you know, I, I've had to deal with those on the spectrum in a different way than, than Miss B. You know, my conversation with that guy was, I thought, very polite and very respectful and whatnot. And that's why that's how I try to start most of them off. Unfortunately, like the hotel that I was at uh, about six months ago, that's not the way the interaction went from those that were coming in. You know, I, I would I would walk out and say, hey, how are you? How can I help you, et cetera, et cetera. And they would go from zero to 60 in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, with me, that triggers me to do the exact same thing. Of course. You know, because if somebody's going to get aggressive with me, I'm going to give that right back yeah. because that's that's my first line of defense. Fight um, or flight. Everybody has their own little. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, everybody snaps. And that's where that's where I wanted to get kind of your opinion on how I could better handle that in a similar situation where somebody goes zero to 60. What's the right response? Do I just walk away, call 911? Do I try to defuse? Do I get just as angry or, or uh, aggressive towards them? Or w- what would you recommend in a situation like that? I mean, my first response is trying to stay as calm as possible. Mm. It's like if somebody's getting up into your face using their like you you see them just about to get physical. I would say put space between you and just make sure that you are projecting what you want. But very calmly It's practice. It's constant practice because just like two weeks ago. I had somebody just snap on me out front. I freaked out because they were trying to break into our facility. And one of my therapists had to come and pull me away and had somebody else come because I was getting heated. <laughs> you, which you took my line of action? <laughs> I was. And it, it's not something that you can control about your body you're literally somebody tries to punch you you either run away or you want to punch them back that's Mm. the normal response for anybody fight or flight uh you have to suppress that when you work in psych Mm. it's just like okay this guy might punch me wait so this one guy who got a rise out of you in the past couple weeks what provoked you or what provoked him? What, yeah, what was, like what got what was you? the trigger? What do you do? Uh, so I was outside with a patient uh, talking about medication management. The door was open behind me because we were three feet from the door. And this guy who I had already thrown out of the facility three times because he was using, he was on meth. I was irritated and very upset with the fact that he just would not go away and he was getting more and more aggressive and I was freaked out that he was going to hurt somebody inside. So I blocked the door and you are not supposed to directly confront someone, especially Mm -hmm. when they're on meth. So this, this guy's like six, five, really skinny, looks like a string bean. He <laughs> picked me up by my arms like you would a seven-year-old and just set me aside. <laughs> I'm not small. I'm not a tiny guy. I'm 200 plus pounds. And 
that was upsetting. <laughs> I haven't been so manhandled since I don't know, like the Navy. I, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was going to say since he worked in the prison, but uh, <laughs> in both places you bend over, but that was not mine. Uh, no, I was going to say childhood. Somebody from like wrestling camp just manhandled me. But yeah, I snapped and I went inside and I was just screaming at him and just i lost it and everybody yeah. loses their cool sometime right yeah, yeah I, it was hilarious because everybody in the facility has never seen me snap and they were scared <laughs> they were like what happened did he hurt you i'm like no he I'm picked just, me up like a doll he picked me up like a little baby <laughs> like what is i was just shocked <laughs> oh, that's funny. Like, okay. Because I'm guessing you're always the calm and cool collect one. Yes. I'm, I was completely shocked <laughs> and I kind of liked it. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no I, you know, I mean, for me, like, I, I keep looping back to, you know, how to better handle it. Because right. where I've worked, we get a lot of the same people, the frequent flyers, you okay. know, and, and, my initial interactions with them will always be, you know, very up and up, very cordial, very, you know, you're no different than any other guests that I have here at the hotel. But as those interactions continue on down the line and it's now I'm telling you for the 15th time, you can't be picking through my dumpsters. You can't be, you know, harassing my guests. You can't be sleeping on the couch in the lobby. You got to go. I don't tend to hold my cool as well. See, um, I'm like that initially. I am direct and angry. Well, not okay. I'm just like, hey, you get out now. I don't want to hear your story. I don't give a sh about what you're doing today. I don't even care. How like, I'm like that. So wait, is one of our approaches better than the other? I, I don't know. Because like for me, I will always start off with that, you know, very highbrow approach until it's the third, fourth, fifth time that I'm asking you to leave. And then I come out like a raging bull and I'm I'm exactly like Miss B. I feel like the the... <laughs> Direct approach would be the better approach. Going but dickish? I mean, a little, a little I don't dickish. think it's a dickish thing. Going up to someone and telling them you're breaking the law, you're trespassing, get away. It's very direct. It needs to be done now. Otherwise, if you're being nice to them, they're going to take advantage. Mm -hmm. I Maybe know that's a, a generality, but it's it's... Well, like one, of, one of the challenges that I've got is the PD for the city that I'm in, they're overwhelmed with this exact problem. Yeah. So, you know, where I feel that I'm being too aggressive with telling people to get your stuff and get out, they come in felony stop with a gun drawn mm -hmm. or a taser out. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Or most recently, they just say, sorry, we can't do anything about it. Yeah, that's been how it is. And, and you're on your own. So now I've got a guy that is, you know, clearly not where he needs to be on the emotional scale and I got to deal with him. Well, <laughs> and know? see, that's why they're <clears throat> starting these little teams in Orange County is to try and fix that because PD is not equipped to handle psych issues. I yeah. heard that like partly became from the defund the police movement was yeah. creating these groups of individuals and mental health professionals 
to help deal with these kinds of situation crisis so police officers can focus on the issues that require their specific skill set and then mental health professionals can come deal with the people who you know we need them to remove from the property personally for me when it comes to the whole conversation to defund the police that's exactly what i feel is what they should be doing yeah you know? they I need mean, to change the name of that movement absolutely because then I mean, people just hear defund the police and be like no we need police i'm like no no no, we do absolutely. but we also need but at the same token we don't need the police driving armored personnel carriers oh no and direct military equipment what oh, we need not. is to give them the right tools for the job isn't that like the national guard's job one would think yeah but i mean like police need to be protected so Give them bulletproof vests. Give them their body cams. Give them the, the latest handguns. Give them the technology they need to do their job. But I look at the police and what they do and kind of reference it to a mechanic's tool set. A mechanic doesn't have a hammer and a screwdriver and a wrench and that's it. They've got a variety of tools in that toolbox and they know how to use each one. But what does a mechanic do? A mechanic fixes your car. They're a mm -hmm. specialist on a car. If you have a broken airplane, you don't call... A car mechanic, you call a specialist, you call an aircraft mechanic, right? Yeah. So for me, when I hear the whole conversation of defund the police, I look at it from the standpoint as don't give them an armored personnel carrier and don't give them a job that they are not trained to do, which is dealing yes. with an emotional situation. I mean, yeah. if you've got someone that's suicidal, that's a jumper or, you know, threatening to kill a family member or what have you, well, obviously there's a need to have the police there, but maybe the police are not the right tool for that particular application. Yeah. And that's where I think the, the whole conversation of defund the police comes into play. Yeah. But, you know, like I was saying, with the city that I'm in now, they're just overwhelmed with that particular challenge yeah. And they don't, I don't think they have the right response. So I, I think it really comes down to us as the hoteliers on how to best handle it. And like I was saying, I don't know if I always have the best approach for things like that. I mean, give me somebody that's upset about their air conditioner not working. I'm good. Mm -hmm. Give me someone off the street that is half naked and screaming and dancing in my parking lot. And I don't know where to start. That's my favorite patient. Maybe start with a towel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just uh, roll up the towel. <laughs> Get <laughs> that gone might help. No, I, I. So from what I was taking away from what you were saying is staying calm and but staying direct with what you yeah, want. Very putting distance between yourself and them. Oh yeah, I don't know how many times I've been popped just because I got too close. See, that's what I'm scared of. See, my like for that, my personal distance is two steps. So if I'm in a confrontational situation where I'm dealing with someone, either I put a physical barrier between us, mm -hmm. like a table, a desk, what have you, mm -hmm. or two full steps. Okay. Because what about if an someone, arm length? No, because no. A, an arm length is too quick. And oh. it's too different. You can get okay. blindsided pretty easily. If you've got two steps worth of distance between you and the person that you're having a confrontation with, it won't necessarily mean you don't get hit, mm -hmm. but you have that moment of reflex to protect yourself. Oh, yeah. yeah. Whether that's to block it, whether that's to fight back, or whether that's to run, that's up to you. It's a situation. But two full steps is about my, okay. my rule of thumb. I think my favorite reaction would be 5250. Have you heard of it? No. no. It's the hospital cocktail. Basically, when uh, people get physical or throw urine or blood or feces on you, you well, I don't know if they do it anymore, but they used to get orders for a cocktail, which is 
five milligrams of Haldol, two milligrams of Ativan, and 50 milligrams of Benadryl, all in one shot. So a cocktail shot. Yeah. To put them out. Yeah. I, I, w- I would, <laughs> if I'm hearing you correctly, <laughs> that would have to be like the pinch of a shot followed by sleepy time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty pretty that instantaneously. Was, that was my favorite <laughs> when I worked at the, uh, I'm not, I don't say the psych facility, hospital? the psych hospital in the, um, the stat unit. When they came in with the police and they were argumentative or not argumentative if they were physically assaultive, then we'd have one of our psychiatrists give him an order for that and yeah it was sleepy time it was nice oh my (laughs) and that was the what was it five Five, two fifty five two or they they call it a cocktail i I didn't call it cocktail five two fifty works better i like that (laughs) it sounds more like official (laughs) i wish we could medicate ours wait your guests or your employees what about ball (laughs) we'd love it Oh man! I You're employed. <laughs> Mandated therapy for everyone. Uh, uh, yeah, oh God! So therapy. My very first hotel I ever worked at. Uh-huh. Um, I'm working with this girl one night. She was always really even keeled, but like if somebody got upset with her, you could punch her buttons fairly easily, and okay. would go from very calm and measured to like off the top of the Richter mm. pretty quickly. We had a guest one day that was giving her a pretty hard time. And he was yelling at her. He was upset. I tried to intervene because at the time I was the front office supervisor. I wanted to, you know, I'm going to support my team. And as I tried to like work my way into the conversation to note, let her know that she had backup, she tapped my foot below the counter, just letting me know, hey, I've got this. Oh, okay. So yeah. So, you know, I respect the space. I backed off, let her deal with it. The guy was an a-hole. Like he was a belligerent prick. After it was all said and done, I said to her, I said, you know, you handle that really well. Are you, are, are you good? And she looked at me and she goes, I'm great. <laughs> I'm like, what, what's different today than yesterday? She just looked at me and she said, Indica. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, little hit before work. Worse? Hey, you know what? Yeah. Yeah, I can't. I mean, tw- quite honestly, if it would have been me, I would have. Even as the supervisor, I wanted to drag the guy across the counter and mm-hmm. beat him on the, our side of the, the, the it desk. It is so hard to stay cool sometimes. And you know what's funny? I had one of those today where I was in my office and I can hear like all the operators uh, from my office. They always leave my door open so I can kind of hear what's going on. And I hear one of my agents just like apologizing. Being like, sir, sir. And like you can hear she's like trying to get a word in. She's like, sir, well, if it, well, if it. You know what I mean? And mm. then she and then I hear her say, Sir, you don't need to yell. And then that's kind of when my ears perk up and I'm like, mm-hmm. Who's disrespecting one of my agents? So I immediately get up, walk over there, and I'm like leaning over like like this, like just staring at her, like, Do you need me? And she's like trying to get him to get two words in and you could just hear he's not giving it to her. And I'm like saying basically so he can almost hear him, like, tell him you're going to put him in hold and then he will he can speak to a manager. And she's like trying to tell him that, but he won't let her. And he's just yelling. So then I just go over to the phone and I hit the hold button. <laughs> <laughs> and I go back to my office and I and I sit and I fold my hands and I wait a beat. I'm going to let him sit for a minute. And then I answer the phone. Thank you so much for calling blah, 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 blah. This is Miss B. How can I help you? And he's like, hi, I was just put on hold. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, yes, yeah, sir. I, I heard that you were upset about something and I, I want to see if I can assist. 
And then he proceeded to like yell and yell. And he was saying, oh, this hotel's incompetent. Oh, you're all terrible. I'm like, okay, but what can I help you with? And what he ended up like yelling about, he was yelling about a lost and found item uh, that he said he left and he hadn't heard back about. And then I said, okay. And I kept, sir, hold on. Let me see if I can help. Okay. What did you lose? What did you lose? And he told me what he lost. And I said, okay, now let me go ahead and uh, get you connected with a housekeeping manager. And I won't hang up the phone until I make sure you guys are connected. Why can't you help me? And I was like, well, as the last agent told you, and I'm telling you, we're able to see in our database everything that we found. It's not there. So in order to look into it further, I'm going to have you connect to the housekeeping manager so you can go into further detail where you found it. They can go talk to the staff who cleaned your room. You know, I'm trying to explain to them Mm -hmm. how it works. And he's still just like belligerently angry. And I'm like, sir, do, do you want to find your item or not? Okay. So I'm going to connect you with this housekeeping manager and I promise I'm not going to hang up till you talk to them. And so I, I, he finally agrees and I connect him and I like make sure they pick up and I disconnect. So I know he's on the line with them. Uh, two hours later, I get a call back and the agent's like, it's Mr. You know, Smith, we'll call him. Again, and I'm like, oh, God, what does this guy want? This Mrs. Smith's uh, husband? Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's him again. And then he proceeds to scream and yell at me. You never called me back. And I'm like, sir, I connected you with a housekeeping manager. And then he's yelling and yelling. And you never. And I'm like, sir, I back up. I'm confused. I said, you never gave me your number. I connected you with a housekeeping manager. You should have called me. And I'm like. Did they find your item or not? Did they, sir, did they find your item? And he won't give me any information. He won't tell me if they found me. He wouldn't even, I was trying to ask about the conversation. I'm like, did they say they had it? Did they say they didn't have it? And he just continues to yell. And at some point, like I put down the phone just because I could feel myself start to get, you know, heated. And so I'm taking my deep breaths. And so I set the phone down. I hear him continuing to yell. And I take my calming breath and I'm like, you know, don't lash out at this guy. Like he's a dick. So then I, I, I let him keep going for about five minutes, like literally. And then I pick the phone up and I'm like, sir, if you don't mind, may I have a word? And I was like, I am here and I'm trying to help you. Okay. So <laughs> with that, did you speak to someone in housekeeping? And he's like, yes. And blah, 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 but he still never gave me an answer. I said, okay, you know what? And I, I kind of snapped. Okay. This conversation's not going anywhere. I'm not able to help you and you're not able to stay calm and polite with me. So if you continue to yell, I'm going to disconnect this call. And I was, I was done. And then he's like, you can't do that. I was like, sir. He's like, I haven't raised my, I don't know. He said, uh, and I said, sir, you are literally yelling. He's like, but I haven't cursed at you once. I haven't done this, that, that. And I said, uh, sir, I don't care. You're not allowing me to help you. And you keep yelling at me. This conversation's going nowhere. It's going in a circle. So I'm going to disconnect the call. And guess what I did? He hung up on you. Yeah. So my favorite, I've had people yelling at me. I've got their telephone number. As soon as I can start speaking, I will start to give them a reply and hang up on them while I'm talking. <laughs> and then I call them back and I explain to them, I understand that you're upset, but please don't disconnect the call when I'm trying to assist you. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have that. But beyond passive, I mean, we're talking overt, <laughs> overt passive aggressiveness, right? But what's weird is that I've done that a couple of times and it's changed the mood dramatically. Interesting. And it's snapped people into a little bit better of a behavior that allows me to help them and get through what the issue is. This guy wouldn't even let me talk. And at the end, uh, he asked for the general manager's name. And I'm like, you can have it. And I gave it. And then he's like, 
And he asked me again. I said, sir, I already gave you that information. It's like, you don't want to talk to me. I can see you obviously don't want to talk to me. You're more than welcome to talk to them, but they're going to do the same thing I did. And like literally like 30 minutes later, I see an email from the general manager to the housekeeping managers asking about the items. I'm like, she has to reach out to them too, dick. (laughs) (laughs) We don't know where your electric beard trimmer is okay is that what he was calling for um you'd think it was a high price item right no it was a phone charger and electric beard trimmer it was a combo yeah no no no. like they're two different things oh he left his phone charger (laughs) (laughs) i thought it was (laughs) where do they sell that (laughs) i I want one of those no i was like what did you leave like because we have people that leave lots of expensive stuff no it's just a beard trimmer and (laughs) a phone charger you My, guys both have more patience than I do. Whenever I get a irritable patient or member's parent, whatever, I I give them two chances. They tell me, well, you need to do this. Mm, I don't need to do anything. <laughs> I help you because it's my job and I help your son or daughter because it's my job and I don't need to give the medications unless the doctor orders it. I, and if they cut me off whatsoever, I hang up. Mm. You need the medication. You know you need the medication. If you want to be cordial with me, call back. If not, I'll go find you when you're psychotic. I'm (laughs) totally cool with home visits. I love going to see the crazy people. (laughs) See, I'll let you get away with calling them crazy because that's your field. (laughs) I feel like I feel like I can say it because I'm crazy. So (laughs) (laughs) you have to be crazy to deal with crazy. Self-identify, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I literally give people so many warnings before I hang up on them. And I'm like, if you could, I can't tell you. How many times at one point someone walks by in my office and looking at me like you good in there? I said like three times, if you keep yelling at me, I'm going to hang up the phone. <laughs> so and funny. you'll just do it. I just <laughs> do like, it. Nope. Yeah. I mean, there's a certain level of decorum and, and professionalism. And eventually I will just hit the disconnect button. and Bye bye. And I mean, I've had people that have called back screaming at me. Why did you hang up on me? Because I won't be disrespected. That's yeah. bullshit. Click. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I probably should have hung up on that guy a lot sooner. I just, I, I don't know why I hung on that long. I was trying, I thought maybe, because sometimes you they were need trying to, get, to help. But and sometimes I think they'll just like fizzle themselves out like a little wind up toy. Like they'll get over it <laughs> and then they'll let me do my job and help. Looping back to where you were with the prison, I had a question. I wanted to ask you a question. And that was, you know, you were saying that when it came to corrections officers, they had attitude, a persona, a chip on their shoulder, sort of a thing. Um, with medical staff in a prison, are they kind of looked at like the Swiss, a little more neutral? Yes, definitely. We we actually have a purpose and uh, for both of them. So like the inmates like us because they want their meds. The CPs tolerate us because they don't want to deal with unmedicated inmates. So... I mean, and I feel like they're irritated at us because the um, inmates get whatever medications that they were prescribed Mm. when they get into prison. So 
if that medication happens to be a hormone therapy, which is $5,000 every two weeks, they still get it for free. All of these medications they get for free. And so the CPs see that and they think, well, you're enabling them. No, we're doing our job. We give medications. We look at doctor's orders. We make sure that they are getting these things. Like we don't have, I don't have any. They're getting the care that they were being provided before they got exactly. into the system. And whether or not it's for free, it's not our fault. That's right. the state. That's not our policy. That's the state's policy. You're not choosing it. There's a mm-hmm. doctor's order. You have to fill it. Exactly. So, yeah, they're, they're just, I mean, we are the Swiss, but they don't like the Swiss. <laughs> not everyone does. I guess in a way, it's kind of like there's some similarities with our business from the standpoint of people being upset with us because, you know, we're doing what the brand requires and what the brand says yeah. is within guidelines. Exactly. Your middlemen. Yeah. And, and then they yell at you for it. And they're like, hey, I, I didn't decide how many pillows were going to be on your bed. Would you like an extra one? But except for you, you can't give extra pillows unless the doctor says you can. I wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> Here's a few extra milligrams. Just a, just a couple. Just a couple. <laughs> I'd like another. It's just sometimes you're a little weak on what you need. Just a little bit more of Haldol. Yeah, the, the one s- more antipsychotic. The seven four one hundred. <laughs> seven four. <laughs> yeah, I mean a hundred Benadryl wouldn't kill him. <laughs> <laughs> it would put him to sleep for at least. Might get some hallucinations. Oh, mm. super hallucinations. <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, Give but, him the pinch yeah. and the jab and wish him. Uh, Happy time on their trip. Night night. I've always wished we could have like a psychiatric, either like a nurse or a therapist or something on call for hotels. Oh, for us, be amazing. Uh, both. <laughs> like seriously, like both. Um, for you know, associates who maybe they're in crisis at work or need help. Because I I know a lot of associates even at smaller hotels, but even big hotels. You know, maybe they're going through through something in their life, and for a work to be able to provide hey we have an on-call therapist that we work with you can reach out to them and have them help out and maybe they even come in when we have people who are in crisis whether it's a guest to help us evaluate the situation or an associate to help connect them with the resources that they might need i I would be such a fan of that the company that i work for now actually has uh oh geez i can't remember exactly what her her title is she's a, a certified therapist Um, but they do like wellness training and I mean, I I hate to call it a podcast because it's not a podcast per se, but they do recorded kind of wellness checks that are available on our internal learning system. Wow. That's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. That's not bad. Have any of you guys gotten hurt on the job? So many times. The, The reason why that popped something in my head is that I actually had to go to the doctor. I think you were there. The cats. So there were feral kittens outside of our work and we found them. And I, I remember that. Didn't somebody take one of those cats? Yes. The, the engineer. And that was the one that bit me. So we were literally out back rescuing baby kittens because apparently we just had to get out of our hotel and I got bit by one of the kittens and thought nothing of it. And, you know, we, we gave the kitten to one of the engineers and gave her a happy life or whatever. But literally, I didn't think much of it. Just a tiny little bite, like right here on the hand. 
And then after a few days, it starts to get red. And all of a sudden, a red line starts to go up my arm. And then I'm like, do I need to go to a doctor? They're like, you need to go to the hospital. (laughs) Puncture wounds are weird, man. Anything that was in that cat's mouth would go straight into your system. And cleaning it out isn't going to help because it's... It popped into your skin and yeah. is, yeah. So, I mean, I, I would, I was afraid of rabies in that regard more ah. than anything. And at the, when I went to the hospital, I asked, like, do I need a rabies shot? They're like, you should be good. There's not a lot of rabies out there right now. <laughs> and I, I asked someone, they're, apparently, the rabies shot is very, not only painful, but expensive. Mm-hmm. So they only really give it to you if they really think you might have rabies. Yeah, but doesn't don't, don't you have to have a rabies shot within a certain window of exposure? Yes, but you would have seen the the cat or kitten, whatever it was, uh, foaming at the mouth. You would have mm. seen uh, symptoms. That of... engineer that took it might have already gotten rabies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, I mean, plus you. You're... Well, I know I'm here. <laughs> I made it, and I think I'm rabies free. You'd so, be dead. Oh, well, yeah, that's comforting. So to answer your question, my my biggest injuries at work, um, I dislocated my left thumb. Really? Yeah, carrying a bag of trash and trying to open a door with a panic bar. I pushed <laughs> on the panic bar, and my thumb folded back and, oh! touched, and touched my wrist. Oh God! <laughs> that pain was so incredible. And unique. I didn't even know how to handle it. It, oh. it. it was the most bizarre pain I've ever dealt with. Another hotel, I was doing a room inspection. I squatted down to check a dresser and my left knee popped. <gasps> I don't remember exactly what the cartilage was called, but it's a, a circular band of cartilage around your knee that <laughs> allows your uh, kneecap to track vertically. Oh, okay. Um, plica, I think they said. But when that thing snapped, it just, it turned into like egg flour soup. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> yeah, there was no, there was no fixing it. When and I, that was just from bending? I squatted down. Proper, proper, you know, bending technique. You don't bend over, right? You're right. supposed to squat. I squatted. My left knee went pop Jeez. and it locked. So mm. like I'm laying on the floor, semi-fetal with Ugh. like my left heel up against my left butt cheek. I could not open my leg at all. Like laying on the floor, calling for loss prevention on the radio. Oh, God. So embarrassing. You know, the guys come in and it's like, my leg. Oh, my God. <laughs> Get up. <laughs> at least they didn't check a guest into that room. <laughs> yeah, right? Those were probably my two biggest injury moments at oh work. So I assume, Nurse J, you get injured all the time. What would you say your worst injury at any job might have been? Um, I think you've mentioned one, too, about a convenience store. I don't know if that one was your worst. I mean, I've been beaten. <laughs> but yeah, that that was a head injury. I, that was my fault, though. Well, <laughs> it doesn't have to be the same. It wasn't our fault. I shouldn't have picked up the kitten. Well, <laughs> I should have been at the front desk. Yeah, I, I shouldn't have tried <laughs> to open a door with my thumb. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I chased somebody out, and I were I was working at AMPM, and I chased somebody out to their car. Uh, Why? Because they were stealing beer, and I was upset because I worked at AMPM. <laughs> <laughs> not that they were stealing the beer but because of where you had to work yeah all right and midnight shift and going to school and just angry and so <laughs> i i followed this guy out god you have to come back and four friends came out and just started beating the crap out of me Ugh. and i ended up with a head injury uh yeah that was fun 
Oh, God, over a case of beer. But my favorite one is the first time I met my, uh, at the time, girlfriend's parents. Oh. I was at work, and there was this really big dude, way bigger than you. Was this in a hospital convenience store? Where was this? This was at the psych hospital. Oh. Big guy coming in in handcuffs. The smallest officer I've ever seen. Maybe five foot one, maybe a hundred pound female cop. The guy was at least 300 pounds. And the lady looked like, I don't know, his daughter oh, man. holding her hand. Uh, anyway, she took off his handcuffs incorrectly. He broke the handcuffs out of the police officer's hand, flipped the cuff into his hand, and punched me in the face. Oh! And I had this just enormous shiner with a split straight across my cheek. It was so funny. I looked like I looked like. Sylvester Stallone after the first fight with uh, Apollo. That's your watch. Oh, that's my watch. I'm like, who's talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that was the first time I met her parents. And uh, that's, a, that's a rough way that's to meet a, the parents. You met them for the first time. First time. And <laughs> I. Um, I had a very good time giving that guy a cocktail. Oh, I yeah. did not hit him. I wanted to. But you made the shot hurt. But I did not make the shot hurt because everybody was piled on top of him. And you don't <laughs> do that in front of people. Just, just, <laughs> just made him go night-night. Like, you just made him go to sleep. Oh, my like, god! All right, you're asleep now. So when that happens, when you got like assaulted in that way, is the reaction just... What, how, what happens after that? Well, they had these little um, beepers. A panic button? It's a panic button. Mm. I never actually pushed mine. The the lady who was working at the desk pushed hers. The guy punched me in the face, and I just basically did a double leg and took him down to the ground. That's because, yeah, I was a wrestler and that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) And so I stayed on his right leg and she called for help and everybody came and we held him down. And then they gave me the injection to give because you earned it. it (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, payback. That's my favorite story. (laughs) Fair enough. I think that injury trumps ours, but sorry about Mm. your soup knee. No, Mm. I feel like his injury is definitely much worse than mine was. Does that still affect you? My what? Your knee knee. Yeah, so my knee injury, and nobody's going to want to do this, but like for me, with my knee, I can run about a half a mile, and then I will be walking the rest of the day like with a limp. Um, If I run a mile... I will not be walking at all the rest of the day. Um, wow. I'm, I'm down to the point where like my left knee is almost bone on bone. Yeah. So at some point I, I will have to have knee replacement. That's my favorite to demonstrate though. And nobody can see this, but, your... but us here is my thumb. So <gasps> this is joining. no, no. So this is, this is my range of movement for my right thumb. Okay. That's my range of movement for my left. Oh wow. 
that's with therapy. That's mm-hmm. with. So it's not good. He doesn't move his thumb very well. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> For those so of you who can't see this. So my right thumb, I can pretty much touch the the pad of my left or my right pinky with my right thumb. Mm-hmm. With my left thumb, I'm there's that's an inch. Yeah. And it's 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 still, locked. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. It don't wild. move. That's crazy. So does that, does that affect you with video games? No, 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 but it's, (laughs) but it's significantly weaker than my right. And I've blown this out of uh, joint a couple of times since then because of the fact that it's just, it'll never be normal. Hmm. Wow. Um, Total tangent. Okay, let's do it. Something that came up on my phone, you know, you know, so with your iPhone every now and then it'll recommend, you know, Hey, this memory, Hey, this memory, Mm -hmm. memory that came up the other day was the hotel that we were at. Remember when they had to take the power down? Um, oh, like when it when literally, they, when they were building the apartments across, across the, the street, street and they had to tie in the power. Oh, that was such a bad, that was a nightmare. Yes. Oh the, God. They're what try to came that. up was the photo of us making breakfast. Aww. So wait, wait, no. So here's the, here's the backstory. So we got notified that the hotel that we were at was going to be affected with a power outage due to the fact that they had to tie in new construction across the street that they, where they were building apartments. Mm-hmm. So they notified the hotel that we would be without power for 24 hours. A hotel. A hotel. A full service So they're basically they're saying, hotel. we're shutting you down. Now, previous experience for me, I was at a different hotel that we received a notice like that. We hired a generator. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was like eight or $9,000 to have this generator dropped off. Oh, yeah. They tied in the, they, they did all the setup. They shut the power down. They tied in the generator right after departure. So we waited until 12 o'clock. Everybody checks out. That's when we bring down the power, tie it all in, bring the power back up. It was about 30 minutes. Hmm. So I recommend that to the hotel that that. we're at. (laughs) The chief engineer at the time, hopefully he's not listening, but fights me on the fact that it doesn't make sense because they were told that the prep time to tie in the generator to the hotel was up to eight hours. But what he didn't hear was that seven and a half of that is them pulling cable, laying things out, getting things ready, pulling the cables to the power board, et cetera, et cetera. The downtime was only about 30 minutes. Now, at the time, I'm a you know executive housekeeper. What do I know, right? Mm-hmm. Probably should listen to the I'm, chief. <laughs> I'm pitching the argument that, hey, similar situation, this is what we did. No, we don't need to do that. Because in his mind, it was going to be eight hours to set up and eight hours to break it down. Well, you know, they're going to take the power down in the afternoon. It's going to be dark. People are going to be sleeping. That was the whole mentality. The next morning, the power is supposed to come back up. There's no power. <laughs> None. People want breakfast. We ended up uh-huh. We ended up breaking out a barbecue that was wow. in such crappy shape. <laughs> so it should one have had burner. four wheels. No, no, it had it had multiple burners. No. But it should have had four wheels. It only had one. And it sat on bricks in a two by four. (laughs) And we cooked breakfast for I don't even know how many people on a stupid gas grill. (laughs) All because we didn't want to hire a generator. The amount. And this was this was to me the crazy part. 
was that the amount of compensation that was done was like double or more. If we just bought the darn generator. The cost of the generator. Or sorry, rented, whatever. <laughs> yeah, rented. Well, and the thing was, is that when, when they bring in that piece of equipment, they'll run all the cables and everything. You wait until checkout midday. After everybody's departed, that's when you take down the power. You tie it all in. Power comes back up. Nobody knows any different. But what was really frustrating is like that hotel had central air. So, you know, your power goes down, you have no air conditioning whatsoever. And as far as like in-room ventilation, there was one sliding door in the bedroom and that was it. So there's no cross breeze, nothing like that. And here we are the next morning cooking breakfast for 200 people on a single barbecue. People weren't happy. Not at all. I mean, it's especially with our cooking. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. I mean, the power was one thing, but gosh, Bill's eggs. I'm just kidding. (laughs) That's just rude. Come on now. (laughs) I'm joking. You do not critique a man's huevos. (laughs) No, but, you know, on top of that, it's like, you know, we're trying to break out the house in an office that's completely dark, lit by a a flashlight hanging from the ceiling manually on boards. And the whole time, literally, I am cursing the fact that there's no goddamn power. This is ridiculous. Oh, I remember that. Generator. Oh, I was not a happy camper. No. I was pissed. I think Chef was the most pissed, though. Oh, of course. She was lit. Forkin' lit. <laughs> but I'm bum But it's... No, that wasn't fun. But the amount of disasters we had to deal with in that hotel. I feel... Every hotel. But don't you remember when we, we, uh, we lost all of our water and we had to send guests to other hotels because we had no water? Was that after I left? No, you were still there. It was towards the end. Remember when the street was coming apart? You and I were standing out there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. By the mm-hmm. um, the loading dock. Yep. That's and right. S- something about like the city street. And then so we couldn't fix the water it. Main. It was technically the city property. So we were losing all water at the hotel. We had to relocate all of our guests. Yeah. The, uh, the water main where it came in from the city to the hotel where the backflow is was leaking like eight feet down, eight feet underground kind of a thing. Um, water that. bubbling up through the concrete, the concrete and the blacktop. Sounds like fun. Oh, mm. so much fun. Never a dull moment. Or jumpers. when there is, you're like, please stay close, huh? And jumpers. Oh, yeah. Suicides. Employee fights. Oh, do you yeah. Remember, do you remember when uh, my room attendants got into it in the in the parking garage? Oh, yeah. When, <laughs> when the girl was blocking her car or whatever. Yes. Fark. Um, it's so funny. There's drama in every department. Yeah. And it's funny, too, because when you go to a lot of different hotels, it stays the same. Like it's uh, the agency workers against the people, you know, who are contract. The direct hires. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. That one girl's feisty. I wonder if she's still there. Probably not. Well, from what I understand, after we all left and then the pandemic hit, they let all of the contract labor go. Mm. And it was down to just a, a core, a very small core group of direct hire. Wow. I also, from what I understand those contract companies never got paid. Wow. I heard that. I heard the companies went under. One of them did. Yes. Yeah. Messed up. The, no, the pandemic ruined, broke a lot of companies. and. Well, yeah. I mean, the pandemic broke a lot of companies, but coming out of it, you've got a lot of badly run companies too. Yeah. I mean, like we've discussed a few times, you know, I've been at a bunch of different hotels in the last six months doing task force and helping out. The one that I was at in... North County, that was absolutely the worst, yeah. most dangerous hotel I've ever been a part of. Oh, yeah, you told me about it. Like the hotel hell. Like if that was on a TV show, and you know those TV shows where they're supposed to like fix everything and they believe anything's possible, they would have quit on that hotel. Oh, Hotel Impossible. Yeah. Burn it. Hotel Impossible <laughs> would have walked out. 
That sounds you can't like, save this place. I mean, all of the hotels that we just stick our patients in to try to help them come out of jail or detox or sober living, they are the worst places I think I've ever been in. It's, I, I don't. So you've probably been to his old hotel. No, mm, I feel like, no. no. Motels. Yeah, motels. No. They're mostly motels. The hotel that I was at, they probably wouldn't even have put the people in that hotel. Wow. Mm. This place was, oh, this, this place was bad. I mean, I, I'm not going to drop names, but. Like when I was first asked to take on that property, the day that I arrived, the hotel had four elevators. Two of them were red tagged by the state. The swimming pool was shut down by the county. The restaurant had broken plumbing in the the restrooms. The kitchen was picked apart. What should have been a very nice ballroom and what was advertised on their website as a really nice ballroom was just an empty box taken back to studs. Air conditioning didn't work for the entire hotel. Central air that had a chiller that was down, had a cooling tower that was rotten, a roof that every time it would rain, there were 10 rooms on the top floor that would get water inundation. But then there were several stacks that you would have water from the roof all the way to the first floor. Oh, my God. The telephone system, there was a main switchboard at the front desk that worked, and that was it. There were no, <laughs> there were no office extensions that worked. In the guest rooms, there were maybe 50 out of the 200 rooms that had a phone. Of those rooms that had a phone, about 25 of them, maybe 30 would work. Is this hotel still operational? Somehow, I mean, that yes. Sounds How? Um, well, see, okay, so so that's a story that I, I, I really can't get into. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. But what I will say is that the hotel was brought into the portfolio okay. on the recommendation of... Someone who is like in charge of recruiting hotels to bring them on board into the portfolio. It should never have been. Mm. And when the owners of the hotel wanted out, the company said yes, because we don't want this hotel in the portfolio. It's dangerous. I mean, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. There were structural issues. There's termites. There was wet rot. There was mold. I mean, you name it. It was there. What was the job that you were like that with? Was there any job that you were just absolutely thrilled to leave? Your greatest regret? Uh, one of the sober livings. Ooh. Detox centers. I hated that. It was literally like <sighs> watching toddlers that also do drugs. In what way? Like just the way toddlers behave and yeah, fight with each other? Yeah, they, they fight with each other. They are always right. They know everything. And they're incoherent. It's Did you work at like you you said a sober living? So was it like rich people? Was it court ordered? Like how did people get into that? Some of them are rich. Uh, well, like the one in Newport was all very entitled rich people. And mm. they expected a certain amount of uh, respect, which was hilarious. And they received like three meals a day from a private chef. And it was just, Ooh. it was very upsetting. How long did you last to, there? Maybe six months. I hated that place. What was the worst part? Just like the attitudes? Yeah, it was the attitudes and the fact that they were eating better than I was. It just <laughs> pissed me off. 
Like, they had private chefs. That's wild. For heroin addicts and drug addicts and crack addicts and yak and tar and all these other stupid names that nobody really cares about. I, my what girlfriend, did you do there? Oh, sorry. Go on. My girlfriend at the time said something about the name that I had brought up. And I'm like, I don't know. I can't remember what the drug was actually but by his drug test, it was either Xanax or heroin. So one of those. I don't get it. They have a bunch of street names. Tar. Oh. Yak. All these different names that they give for the same drugs. I don't oh. know. Well, people like to come up with lots of different names for like one thing. What did you do there? I gave medications. <laughs> Count oh. of the days till you could leave. Yeah. yeah. I <laughs> You didn't get meals from the private chef? No. They didn't feed you guys? No. We had to bring our own food. That's bull. It was very upsetting. You're already there. I'm like, if they had fed me, I'm pretty sure I'd be okay with it. I was a fat guy back then. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's wild. Even at hotels, if there's a big banquet and there's food like left over, I mean, they're there making the food. We get the food after. Oh, so upsetting. Oh my god. Like they don't even appreciate it. This one doesn't eat at all. <laughs> Give me her omelet. Come on. <laughs> Jesus. Well, yeah, that would be upsetting. So yeah, and watching them every 15 minutes, that's super fun. And it's just like, okay, he's taking his shit. It's great. Yeah, that's one uh, thing I definitely don't envy about, like, the medical field. I could never work with, like, poop and all that stuff. I can deal with shit from people, like, you know. Verbal. Verbal shit, but actual. Me- the, the metaphorical kind is fine. It's the yeah. physical thrown at you. You know, that that's yeah. happened multiple times. It doesn't bother me. You've it's had poop like, okay, thrown at you? At least three times at the psych hospital once at the prison once at the job i'm at now it it's not that big of a deal it's like okay it's called gassing i would quit (laughs) they have a term for it yeah because it happens a lot oh my god (laughs) i think i think i could deal with it unless i was yelling oh yeah right uh oh you want to hear my most disgusting yes uh yes so during clinicals i was working at a a nursing home and i'm doing my rounds and most of this job was just showering the old people being nice doing meds but sometimes you had to do treatments and most of the time it had to do with that area because it was I guess hard for them to deal with that kind of mm. stuff. It's it's not that big of a deal. Uh, most of the patients are very with it. It's just that ten percent that have dementia that are starting with Alzheimer's. But one of these patients that I loved, she was amazing. She was one of my favorites, uh, except for on this day. I went into her room and she was pleasuring herself with her own feces. What? Oh. She was using her feces as lubrication. Oh, God. Okay. And uh, guess who had to clean that? Oh, no. I'll take getting yelled at by crazy people. (laughs) Look, I know that we don't have a competition of who had the worst experience. (laughs) But if we did, you will get the trophy for that, at least for this season. I, mean, I, I would agree. There's a lot of different. Uh, oh, I don't envy you. I don't know how you do that. It's so much fun. 
that what? <laughs> that is so much fun. Dealing with all that? No. Like oh. it doesn't happen all the time. No. Like that it's... happened once while I was in clinical. Uh, once is enough for life to like scar in my mind. Yeah. I would agree. Oh goodness. That didn't never bother me. It's it's it, like and somebody was talking to me about, oh, you give shots in the butt with guys too. And I'm like, I've seen so many asses. <laughs> it does not matter male or female. It <laughs> like I give shots, it's like, okay, yeah, give it's not that big of a deal. Like I've seen everything on you a million times. Yeah, drop your pants, bend over and don't clench. Yeah, don't clench. It hurts more. <laughs> or clench if you're a jerk. <laughs> Breathe. Clench really, really, really hard. Oh, man. <laughs> that well, just that's makes wild. me into a bad nurse, though. <laughs> that should be a movie. You know how there's a movie, Bad Moms? Yeah. Bad nurses. Bad Santa. No, bad I feel Santa. like... I bad feel nurses like, is next. You know the uh, what, clerks... What is the one with the people at the food industry? Oh, waiting? Yeah, they should have one for nursing because... Or maybe they uh, shouldn't. It might yeah. be a little disgusting. There's this book that I love that my wife will not even listen to a story from it's emergency room disgusting stuff and it just fascinates me it's hilarious and well, she a, hates it there's a subset for the you know those people that are in the medical world that are able to talk about all that i went out to dinner at one point with two of my friends who are nurses and they both conversated for a very long time just going over all these gross stories but like we're eating they're like oh guess what happened to me this week and they're exchanging stories laughing about things that i think are the most disgusting things on the planet at dinner and i'm like how do you guys do this and they just are completely unfazed and desensitized to the level of grossness yeah but that's that's their job i actually wanted to say that there was this point where my wife just she doesn't understand the joys i have at my job like i texted her that my patient just pooped and she was like ew <laughs> uh, that's all she texted back so i texted my coworker who is also a nurse and she said she pooped yay three exclamation points that is the proper response <laughs> <laughs> all right well on that note let's cut this here then all right thank you for listening thank you for being here nurse j miss hey. b thank you so much for your time again and your stories. I will never, ever forget the fecal masturbator. You know, neither <laughs> will I. And I I hope to spread that. Okay. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? All right, well. No, spread the story, not the well, okay. technique. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that final note, let's cut this here then. Uh, thank you again for listening for everybody out there. Um, we will see you again in a couple of weeks with a new episode. 